Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another episode of Best Bets here on the Field of 68, sponsored and powered by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave. I'm Jim Root. I'm hosting today on this fine Thursday, joined by Matt Cox, Kai McEwen, as usual. Fellas, some solid games last night. Big East, always some some excellent games out of that conference. Kai, did you have any exciting takeaways from the Wednesday that was? Jim, it was an odd day in the whack. The Western Athletic Conference, New Mexico State beat SFA for their first win of the season in the conference. Abilene Christian beat Seattle by 15 on the road. And UT Rio Grande Valley almost beat Sam Houston State, the best team in that league. Lost by two points. Yeah, very strange whack day indeed, Matt. The wacky whack. And of course, Matt, you know what I'm going to say here. M-I-Z. Yeah, nice ball club. You guys are really fun. We are fun. We are a fun team. That that feels really good to say as well. Feels good. Uh, shouts to Dagan and his Pirates with a late little surge to continue to send St. John's into a tailspin of the season. Sorry, Mike. Dagan Anderson. Is. Suitcase, Mike. Dagan is Dagan our is. producer. Everyone knows Dagan. Come on. He's part of the crew. If you don't, mobsters, um, he's basically one of us. You just can't see his beautiful face. Uh, also, if I had Providence's good fortune betting, man, I'd be a rich, rich man. Uh, my God, what a disgusting shot. But they did lose, but they did cover, uh, which is all that really matters in this business, boys. So... Uh, two really good teams out there in the Big East. I continue to be impressed by that league, top to bottom. And finally, Oklahoma State owns OU Gym. That bedlam has looked awfully lopsided the last few years. Yeah, really has impressive stuff by Oklahoma State. They talked on the broadcast about how they sort of re- reinvented themselves a little without Cisse, uh, by necessity, without his injury, and I think it's actually benefited them. Uh, yeah, my takeaway was Ed Cooley as a dog uh, finds a way. Uh, Kai, yes, no? Did you get it? I, I I realize you're doing a movie thing. I just uh, yeah. can't recall off the top of my it's head right to be, now. It's supposed to be Goldblum. Find life finds a way. Yes, Jurassic Park, of course. Yes. Uh, yeah, impressive stuff. Yeah. I mean, only a three point dog. They still cover, but don't win. That's just classic Cooley stuff right there. Uh, and Pitt, get in my tourney. How about that on the road? 
sweep UNC this year. If you said the Panthers were going to sweep preseason number one North Carolina, people would have lost their minds, but they did it, and they're looking better and better for a bid, a road Q1 win. That's how you do it. Hey, Jim, little right, feedback. You're quiet. You're quiet, Jim, for the chat. Ooh, okay. We'll turn it up a little bit. Yeah. See what we can do here. Uh, I think usually I have it close to my mouth, too. So uh, as as one of you talks about this first game, I will raise my volume or, or my microphone. Uh, Kyle, kick it to you then. Big one in CUSA, Florida Atlantic at UAB. Indeed. FAU, maybe their most likely chance at a loss at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it's right around a pick. UAB minus one, favored yeah. over the ranked team. Kyle, this is the, the crazy line. We got a bit UAB, right? Uh, you can if Jelly Walker's in. His status is is the handicap to me. Um, everyone seems to be waiting for this. The line really hasn't changed. It's minus one at Bet Rivers, minus one and a half elsewhere. Line hasn't really moved. If he's announced out, this line will go towards FAU and vice versa. If he's announced in, UAB will probably end up two point, maybe even three point favorite. UAB had FAU in the ropes at their place. That's very hard to do. Now, Walker had 21 points in that game and starter Ty Brewer was there too. He was out last game. I don't know if he's going to play this game. He was away from the team for disciplinary disciplinary reasons, as was Javian Davis, not that important of a player. UAB was also 10 for 20 from three, Matt. That helps. FAU is unquestionably the better team right now, unquestionably the more complete team. They're playing better. They're healthier. But UAB is still talented. And with Jelly Walker in, I would actually lean towards UAB. It's an enormous spot for them. I think they can compete. I feel like this spot is just so big where it's tough to see UTEP not winning. I'm sorry, uh, UAB not winning this game. And they actually played pretty well uh, uh, last game with with that like really shortened rotation. But man, that's a team we thought had a ton of depth and you take out those key pieces. I know that, I mean, well, Jelly coming back would be huge, but man, it's like a six and a half man rotation right now with the guys I have in there. That said, I do think with the time off coming from last weekend, uh, very impressive win at Rice with the with the the guys they had there, Jim. I do think UAB wins this game. But why on earth would you fade FAU? Like we've said it all year. I just, you know, good luck to you. Um, I actually lean FAU just because it's just one of those teams that I want to just put everything else to the side and just say, I like this team. I like where they're going. They still have, they have some upside too. Uh, three point shooting splits in conference are actually, they're not shooting that well and teams are shooting well against them, but they dominate the paint. So, and they have shooters. You, have, you could actually, there's a little bit of upside if they start making outside shots. So I'm going to continue to go hoot hoot with my owls. Yeah, I, I just think they're, Awesome. Uh, Matt, this reminds me of what three years ago when Wofford was incredible and they went on the road to UNC Greensboro, who almost got him in the first game. Oh, yeah. They got the farm. Oh, got to bet UNC Greensboro. Got to bet him here. This is where they get him. And then just a totally dominant, we are the best Wofford performance. Uh, I could see that happening with FAU if UAB is shorthanded. Um, There's a lot of chatter in the chat about Jelly Walker. I promise you no one knows if he's playing because Jelly Walker doesn't know if he's playing. It is like he he warms up pregame and if it hurts too much, he doesn't play. It's it's a pain tolerance thing. No one knows if he's playing. We'll we'll find out at game time tonight. So the line's not telling you anything because, like I said, Jelly doesn't know himself. Yeah. So. All right, moving on. We're going out west for a couple of Pac-12 showdowns here. Washington State at USC to kick it off. Matthew, USC laying a touchdown at home to Washington State, who's been a lot more competent lately. They got TJ Bamba back. Does that make you lean towards Kyle Smith and your data raid boys? Hard, it does, um, against big money. I I did read that Bamba's basically playing with like a busted hand, so I know he's back, but he's not 100%. Um, it's kind of affected his shooting. I know he's been kind of a disaster from the free throw line, but he's a huge addition because I think he just kind of sets the table for 
that offense. They need some creation. They need to put Mullins and Powell off the ball. I think that's what they're best. Uh, but they have some good inside and out balance with with Key up front and, and those guards all intact. Beat USC the first time, Kai. Clearly some uh, is it revenge money that's coming pretty heavily on the Trojans, who, by the way, have been mm-hmm. sneaky, awesome. Their length and their good. versatility yeah. defensively has been awesome. So uh, a partial hat, kit, hat tip to Mr. Mr. Enfield. Not going to back the uh, the Cougars here, but that is where I would lean at the current price. Hey, here's a fun fact about USC. I looked back and figured this out myself. Maybe it's not as fun as I thought because it's kind of a weird stat. They've been three games above 500 in the Pac-12 or better under Andy Enfield on February 2nd, every single season for the past eight years. The guy just performs well in the Pac-12. They're always at the top of the league. They just find a way to finish near the top. They find a way to win games. Wazoo did pound them in Pullman. Uh, They led by as many as 15. But that's what shooting splits get you. 14 for 29 from three in that game was Wazoo. Three for 18 was USC. Wazoo maybe shoots that well again. They are pretty good from the perimeter. I think they'd find success there, get open shots certainly against USC. But I don't know if USC is shooting like that again. Um, it's hard to keep USC off the glass, although Wazoo is a very big team. I do think six and a half, seven at Bet Rivers actually feels a bit high. I did not play anything in this game, though, Jim. Yeah, I, if I played it, it would be Washington State. I just think it is too many. Matt, I had it in my head that our guy Kyle Smith would own Andy Enfield. Be like, oh, yeah, I bet he's drawing up all kinds of great schemes. He's only three and four against the spread against him. Enfield actually has the over 500 record there. Uh, so talent has kind of won out in those cases. I know Smith's had some injury issues over the years, uh, but that team has really struggled to uh, to close out close games in his time span. And it's partially due to not having a, a big time creator late. I know that's Bamba now, but uh, still not uh, a star in that role. I think he's a little out of, out of his comfort zone in that role, uh, but seven points still would be too many to me, uh, not betting it officially, but would be my lean towards the road dog in that one. Staying in the Pac-12, another road dog of around seven or eight. This one's actually Arizona minus eight. Kai, we've got the Ducks, quack, quack, flying on the road to Arizona. They are not dead yet in terms of at-large potential because they have a few opportunities left, and this is one of the big ones. You get a a road win at Arizona who's in the one-two seed mix. That is a loud announcement to the committee that you mean business. We'll see what they could do down the stretch. Do you think there's a chance that Oregon actually pulls it off outright here? Yeah, I still have no clue what version of Oregon we're getting. They need to win this game to get in the tournament conversation or, or stay in it, Matthew. But again, I, it, this team is Jekyll and Hyde. They they beat Arizona and Eugene convincing fashion. They won by 19, shut down the paint. Uh, Kalel Ware missed last game. That kind of scares me, although they they do have Dante and Biddle still. Dante came off the bench last game. I bet he's more ready this one after sitting out a game. They do cause Arizona some issues because the Cats can go cold from deep. They have a hard time scoring inside against Oregon. Can't really bully the Ducks. And Oregon's offense has been pretty good in Pac-12 play. They found success scoring inside. Eight points feels a bit high to me, Matt, but I can't trust the Ducks right now. I just don't know what version I'm getting. Yeah, same take for me. Like It feels a little bit high. Um, Oregon off that impressive last weekend. Still have the murmurs of Altman calling out his team's effort level and frustration. Um, in my head, I, I don't all the way trust his team. I think that's a you know pretty big point um, or evidence that it's sort of not all the way there, right? Not the fully high-flying, flying V-Ducks that we thought preseason yet, but certainly trending that way, Jim, and they do match up pretty well, you think, with Arizona, um, on the surface at least. So I don't know, nothing nuanced for me here. I just think it's a stay away because I don't trust Oregon. And again, unless you have a rock-solid take on a Pac-12 game, why bet it? 
Fair. Um, I, I think it's a little too high as well. I think I know they had a really lax effort at Stanford disappointment there. Uh, but I still think Oregon's trending up healthier. They're barely playing Kella Ware, their five star. Uh, just they don't haven't needed to with Dante back. Yeah, in was that a choice last game or is he at or is he hurt? I, I even if he's hurt, like he was yeah. playing 10, 12, 8 minutes before that. So it, it doesn't feel Nate like it's a big Biddle, baby. Right? Brittle Biddle's been really good and he is not brittle anymore, Matt. He's put on a little little muscle. He's actually bad. He's like good. Pain. He's legit good for sure. Good player. Between yeah, between Stop him player. and Dante, you need that kind of battle in the paint against Tubelis and uh and Ballo. There it is. Name was escaping me for a second there. Uh, so I, I do think it's a little too high. I think Oregon competes, but a little bit spooked. Uh, they beat him by 20 in the first matchup in Arizona. Could be angry back at McHale and Tucson there. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we get to chat mob part one, and I think maybe Kai, we should just ask the chat questions today and have them answer. <laughs> we'll, we'll flip yeah. it. The dynamic. Yeah, I agree with that. The whole show should be structured like that, where it's just a a three-person audience (laughs) and then a thousand-person. I was at a, I was at a comedy show one time, and the guy was getting heckled, the comedian, and he said, "Hey, you, come up here, come here. This is Dimitri Martin, Chicago." And the guy got on stage and he started tell jokes, got booed off the stage, was terrible. (laughs) They shut down the lights. It was the funniest thing. That's basically what the chat is right now for us right now. Let's get them on stage here. Let's see how they talk about. Uh, 50 games every single day, Jim. Let's see how we're having uh, fun. We're having fun. Uh, it's, it's, you know, a little back and forth. Never heard. What are they people. saying? I'm not yeah. even, I'm just looking for games here. What, what's, Good. what's the commentary? No, Matt, just keep that. No, no, your chats okay. are, you're not supposed okay. to talk back. I'm free. Yeah, I've been, at, I've been Michigan at Northwestern, so. Matt. Michigan at Northwestern. <laughs> okay. Moving yeah. on. Next game. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, three point spread here. Surprisingly, mm. Kevin has got it a little higher. Uh, Northwestern's mm. been fairly solid this year, comfortably in the tournament right now. Michigan, definitely not. But we know there's going to be a lot of Michigan fans in the crowd here, a lot of Wolverine uh, alums in Chicago. That's typically the case with Northwestern games here. Mateo, going to you first here, does that Northwestern defense that has lagged a little bit in league play, does it show back up here in this one? Right. We've talked about the Northwestern subtle regression in conference play as they've stepped up in class. You know, I know Michigan got them the first time. Everything here screams Michigan. You know, the fact that Northwestern played the weird uh, throw-in late schedule game this week. So this is their third game already this week. Michigan's had the extra time off to prep, prepare. But, like, Michigan's been in three really good spots the last three games, and they haven't played well. I mean, even the Purdue game lost by five. They were really never in that game. Like, I felt lucky. to. I was very lucky to push that. Yeah. Thank you, Joey Baker. Uh, salutes. I'm out of Michigan. I was, I was a believer for, like, an extra two to three weeks longer than I probably should have been. I think it's a pretty good spot to back him again here. Not a big travel again with the schedule advantage against Northwestern team. That's starting to trend down or at least come back down to earth. But I also kind of buy this version of Northwestern Kai called it the best Northwestern team in Chris Collins's uh, history. I think it's not even a hot take. So I don't know. All that is to say nothing for me here. I'm in the camp that Michigan is better than Northwestern, whether that's stupid or not. I did watch this first game. It didn't seem that way for a lot of the game. It felt like Northwestern was a better team. It looked better. In Big Ten play, though, analytically, that has been the case. Michigan is better. If you look at their adjusted offense, just the defense compared to Northwestern's, Matt's right. Their defense has fallen off. Northwestern's defense has fallen off in league play. Teams are hitting shots against them. They kind of play a packed-in style. And the Cats don't rebound. They don't defensive rebound. That's tough against a guy like Hunter Dickinson clearly one of the best big men in the entire country. Offensively, you have to stop Boo Booey, chase out Ds. Those guards can really change the game. They do hit tough shots, and you have to get on Robbie Barron. He hurt Michigan in that first game, can cause problems for Dickinson stretching him out. Michigan had that lead, Jim, in the first game, 20-8. to eight. 
they blew it. Thankfully, they they took back over in the second half. I think the Wolverines have a shot here, but they can't turn the ball over 18 times like they did in the first game. The home's not much. We've talked about Northwestern's home before. I lean towards Michigan here. Go blue. I do too. I was surprised this line came this short. I, I thought we'd get the four or five. Me too. Uh, well, Ken Pum's got it five. So I thought, you know, four seemed reasonable. Even if you go a little lower, Jet Howard missed the game. Sure. Okay. Uh, but three makes it tough for me to bet. Um, it definitely like gun to my head situation. I would go Michigan. I just, I'm not ready to do it at three. The The guards from Northwestern can put Michigan in ball screens. And like, you look at the ball screen numbers for Michigan. They're really bad. Their fans know it. Everybody, they're just like, we can't guard pick and rolls. Uh, Dickinson hasn't gotten a lot better at that. I, I talked about it on Twitter last night with Edie. He's actually okay moving in space. Dickinson's not like, it's just a real problem. And Adige and Bowie being the tough shot makers that they are, I think could, uh, could punish the Michigan defense there. All righty, let's go chat mob. Matthew, I know there's a lot to keep up with, but you have a eagle's eye for games. So what do you got for us? Yeah, I'm going with the manual pen and paper approach today, Jim. Always a dicey one, but we'll see how it pans out. Um, Michael Zhang, Middle Tennessee, minus four, Kai. I know you love that Middle Tennessee games. They are hosting uh, UTEP, and there's been big minor money. Your thoughts? I get it. Yeah, I was leaning towards UTEP as well. Not at four and a half in... Yeah, I love betting on Middle Tennessee. I love fading them, too. I can't figure them out. Fading or or betting on, I seem to be on the wrong side, so I've I've uh, added them to my no-bet-or-fade list like Jim has. Jim, Pat, Taylor, Arcane getting greedy with three questions. We'll hit all three of them to appease. Uh, College of Charleston, Drexel, St. Mary's, San Francisco, and UC Riverside, Shake and Bake, Bakersfield. Pause, digest, consume. Um, I'll throw you Charleston, Drexel. Um, the Cougars... At large hopes, we talked about how they've kind of petered away, but they cannot afford to lose at all again. This spreads, what, seven? A touchdown on the road against the Dragons? Take? Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, I, I like Charleston. I know they're they're off the loss. I, agree. I don't think the at-large hopes are dead by any means. Uh, they've lost two games. Like if they lose three, they lose in the CAA attorney final, I think they're definitely in. They're going to be up near 30 wins in that scenario, probably so. exactly 30. Yeah. They're not keeping a 30-win team out. So I, I think they know they just need to keep winning. I'm not a huge fan of Drexel. This line's well above where Ken Palm has it, unsurprisingly, Kai, but I still lean towards the Cougars. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Just to check. Kai, Kai St. Mary's, um, Don's or UC Riverside, Any which, which game do you have a hotter take in, I guess? <laughs> Bakersfield line feels high, but I think Caleb Higgins, their best player, has been out for 
five or six games, they are just all their garbage. players stink. All their players stink. He matters. They, they, he, they are absolute garbage offensively without him in the game. They can't score. So I, I would feel bad taking them with any line. I love the Magpies, Riverside. I can't imagine laying nine points with them. That's a lot. Um, it's going to be like 120, 125. Yeah, but big yeah. money coming on Riverside. Let's tie it the knot with St. Mary's and the Dons. I'll take it, Jim. Um, I think it's too high, but I've said St. Mary's line is too high for three straight weeks. They cover every game. They did finally not cover, I guess, maybe find their level last game against BYU, but that was an ultimate home hype spot for the Cougars. I don't kind of, you know, I don't view that as an indictment on St. Mary's at all. So I would lean the Dons, but in no way is that a confident wager, uh, just how good St. Mary's has been. John Mitchell asking about the 2 p.m. tip today. Uh, Central Connecticut, Jim, the real Blue Devils. Do you have a take here? Who are they playing again? Uh, is it St. Francis, Brooklyn? Um, it's still uh, yeah, the Brooklyn one. Thank you. Yeah, Higgins yeah. are back for uh, St. Francis College, SFC. Um, without them, I think that team's quite terrible. So I would lean toward Central Connecticut, but that's also, uh, I don't know if they're up for the year yet or not. They could be back at any time, not a super mm-hmm. well-reported squad. So lineup check, if those two were out, I would, I'd be okay with the Blue Devils on the road. Hi, Ray Ray. Uh, two summit questions. I'll give you both. How about that? He's going to back the stars. He's looking to back Western Illinois minus one with Trent Mastner, who has been an absolute fireball. And uh, Jim, your favorite, uh, Grant Morgan, North Dakota State minus one and a half. Any take here on the summit action? Back the stars, like the the summit star? The, the star players, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trenton Mastner, yes. Um, I thought this spread was not great. I, I, I lean towards Denver. I'd have them favored, but... I also looked back and and, and looked at Denver's uh, past games. They've been really poor, really poor lately. Yeah, there is the, some... the the injuries are catching up to them. They're not deep, and the, they miss Porter and they miss uh, well the extracurricular uh, stuff too. Offside, uh, outside oh, of the yeah, in yeah. the actual real life world, yep, appears yep. to be affecting them a little bit. So I I stayed off this one from a side perspective. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. Obvious brain leans North Dakota State, and the other one with South Dakota. But I I. Need to. I don't have yeah. time to pull it up in Bet Labs right now, but I think teams that lost their previous game by like forty are actually pretty good against the spread. Good bets, right? Yep. Like in South Dakota, just got absolutely pummeled. Now they're back home. Maybe they trend up, but North Dakota State's like clearly playing better. So yeah, tough to say. Yeah, actually, Denver was in that spot I think last weekend after the Earl Bob demolition. I don't know what happened there. I forget, but yeah, I, that's an interesting. I like that angle, Jim. Um, Kai Durko asking about Kenny Seesaw minus four. I like. Where he's putting uh where his head's on this one. It's short row favorite at Bellerman. I love Kennesaw, man. They can shoot it, probably soften yeah. up that uh that defense. Low total too, 130. Man, that's low. Yeah, yeah. I I love Kennesaw too. I haven't been able to back them because their spreads have been frankly higher than what I've been making them. Bellerman's tough at home. The A Sun in general is tough at home. Their home teams have been covering more often than not. Uh in that conference. I, I stayed away. I, I I was too scared, Matt. I love my owls as well, but they are respected for a good reason in the market. Uh, Jim, sending you out west, uh, Lante asking about Kyle State Fullerton hosting the beach. Big beach money coming in here down to Fullerton minus two uh, on the L.A. proper. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think beach as well. Uh, I know Joel Murray is out, but uh, I still think beach is the better team. I believe our good friends R.A.S. gave out the under on their show today. Um, I lean towards the over, so uh, I'm not going to mess with that total because I do think uh, I respect their their totals work. Yeah, uh, but no I lean doubt. towards Beach on the side. Hi, staying west, Sacramento State playing the juggernaut that is Eastern Washington, looking to go to 11-0 in conference play today. 
Uh, do you like the home team here and basically a pick them with big seven foot five and alien Callum McCray inside? This is my Callum oh, McCray. Gosh, I think I, I totally, uh, Sacramento State, Eastern Washington. Yes, I caught Washington and I was like, is UCLA undefeated in the Pac 12? That threw me off. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Eastern this, Washington. That's a, yeah, my fault. I think you did. The I Red was, Eagles. The Red I Eagles. I was thinking, um, this feels like a game Sacramento State wins and it's just a gut. There's no reasoning for it. Sacramento State's a tough team. Eastern Washington has to lose eventually. They're a good team, but I'm not sure they run the table good in the big sky. Second longest winning streak in the country now, Eastern Washington. Yeah, just trailing Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Behind our owls. Jim, let's stay in the panhandle for the final question before we go back to part two. Florida Gulf Coast hosting Central Arkansas, another one from Lanty. They're laying 12 and a half. A month ago, I would have laid this willingly, but the Gulf Coast not been as good lately in conference. Does still feel a little high. Your thoughts? Yeah, felt high to me. Um, I'm kind of deferring to my guy, Kai. The ace on home teams have been a little bit Yeah, stronger. sorry, Kai. That, yeah. They have been, that, that no, it's okay, me. Uh, but they did lose at home to Kennesaw. However, Kennesaw is like the second best team in the league. So I'm I'm sitting it out, Matt. Central Arkansas is a team that could get just pounded inside, and Gulf Coast is capable of that. Uh, home win percentage, number two in the country. 69% of teams win at home in the A-Sun. That's not against the spread straight up. Ooh. That's the second highest rate in the country. Whack number one, uh, two geographically vast conferences. Kyle, last one at the horn. Do you have a take on BYU hosting LMU, who has been – Maybe yeah. the hottest team in college basketball, but there's been BYU money up to minus five at home at the Marriott Center. Do you like the Cougars? I know. I saw that. BYU took some money. Eileen LMU, man. I'm really in on this team. They're very, very good. Um, not interested in fading BYU at home. Also, Trior was supposed to be day-to-day. Uh, he's iffy. Yeah. He's iffy for this game. If he's out, man, whew, that's a steal for LMU. Um, uh, Matt, I agree. Issuing a, yes. issuing a correction for you. Uh, I think Kai's wacky whack uh, takeaway it, it knocked the whack down to like fifth in home win loss percentage. That's just correct. last night is fifth. Holy yes, cow. Okay. Stephen F. Austin went on the road. We had oh, yeah, they all, yeah. Christian went on the road. So got knocked down America East. Number one. How about that? That makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, we will go back to the outline for part two. All right. Back to the outline. And we went into the outline or into the chat mob with a big 10 game coming right back out with one. Wisconsin at Ohio State, a whopping seven and a half point spread here for the way Ohio State's been playing. Just gut punch me as a high number. But man, Matt, Wisconsin's been kind of poor too. So it's not like there are any great shakes at this stage. Big bubble battle. Two teams that are right straddling the cut line are probably on the outside looking in. Need a big W here. Which way do you lean? Yeah, it's a bad team versus a team in bad form. It felt a little high to me. I actually leaned Wisconsin for the first time all season. Um, I almost bet them. I feel like I should wow. bet them because I did bet them when they beat Marquette. Um, let me beat my chest there real quick, but no, not doing it. I I watched this Wisconsin team play. I get the heebie-jeebies and the way Ohio State's offense has been hijacked by um, by Bryce Sensabaugh and his gunning. I just don't like the way they're playing. So hard stay away. Wish either team was playing another team so I could fade them. Yeah, for the nth straight game, this spread feels high for Wisconsin, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but I have given up. Their, their offense is putrid. Since Wall's return, the first two games weren't terrible. 1.05 points per possession, then 0.96 against the Terps, then 0.81 against Illinois. And I made the mistake of watching that Illinois game. It was bad. And Tyler Wall's O-rating has been really bad this year as well. And he's very important for this team, clearly is. But their offense struggles too much. Ohio State's in desperation mode here. They have a very good offense. They're much more athletic than the Badgers. Can they stop Wisconsin? It is a poor offense, but... If they're undisciplined on defense, Ohio State, that cutting, that flex action, that can create open looks. Wisconsin might be able to slice and dice them a little bit. 
I lean Badgers at seven and a half, Jim, but I'm not confident in taking it. Yeah, there's it, it, there's a little bit of me that feels like uh, the the elixir that this Wisconsin offense needs is the Ohio State defense, which is poor um, and gives them a chance to score there. But Wisconsin's backcourt creation, it's just kind of non-existent. Hepburn hasn't taken the real sophomore leap that I think we and a lot of Badger fans thought he might. And so for a team that plays a lot of long shot clock possessions, they don't have that late second creator like Bronson Koenig or Jordan Taylor over the years. Like they've always had a guy late in the shot clock that can make things happen. And Hepburn hasn't quite been that answer. Ohio State, they can score. That concerns me. They can shoot over the top of Wisconsin a little bit. Um, spread just does feel a little too high for me to back the Buckeyes, but um, concerned for Wisconsin. It, it seems like they are circling the drain a little bit. Next up, Houston, number two, three team in the country. They're right up there uh, on the road now. Kai headed to Wichita State, the roundhouse. Surprising fact here. This one kind of popped out to me as I was looking at the coach matchups. Isaac Brown, 4-0 against the spread against Calvin Sampson. Uh, he's lost by two, lost by 10, won by five, and lost by seven. So never lost by 12 or more. That's what this spread is. Do you think Wichita hangs inside the number? Yeah, Houston's continuing to cruise through league play win-wise, but they're being tested, man. Every team is giving them their best shot. They're the hunted. They're back to number one in Kimpom. Wichita is an okay team. Their, their fan base is getting a little bit tired of, of Isaac Brown, Matt. They're getting tired of the mediocrity. They have no wins this year against the top 115 in Kimpom this season, but they have competed in those games. They can really muck it up. They can play physical. They have athletes yeah. hard to do against Houston, but they gave them two good tests last year. They lost by 10 at Houston and they took the Cougars to double overtime last season at the roundhouse. Their lack of shooting really kills them here. They're the second worst defensive rebounding team in the AAC. Both those are really bad against a good Houston team. Maybe possession count stays low enough for the shock to cover this big number but I stayed away. Yeah. And we saw them do that too. I uh, was at UCF. Yeah. 53 possession game. They actually lost by seven. I think they covered by a, a, a nose in that one, Missouri, right. Took Missouri to your tigers home and OT Kansas state lost by five on the road. I do think they step up uh, pretty well in class just because they are pretty athletic, pretty physical and they play hard, but I think their value overall is brought down because they don't put bad teams away and they just haven't really been that good in general. So you could argue, Jim, along with the historical, um, you know, tendencies there that there is some value time on the shock, but I don't like this team. Like kind of like those kinds of things. My eye test just has this like damning um, perception of just how discombobulated they are on that end. And they play hard on defense, but even then on defense, they haven't been that great either. Only seventh in the AAC. I don't know. I like the trench, Jim. I'm not backing the shock though. Yeah, the seventh in AAC on defense is kind of what, Gave me a lot of applause here. I was under the impression like this team has really suffocated teams a little bit in league play, and that's not been the case. They played some good offenses. Tulane, and notably, is just like kind of a supernova right now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more from that. Matt, I know the offense has looked wonky, but it was a team that turned over 11 scholarship players in the offseason. Yep. Like, they brought back two guys. So I think there was a little bit of an excuse for it early, and they've given up uh, some some solid fights like – only only losing by five at K-State looks good. Really, really good uh at this stage. I think they battle here. I think they keep it inside the number. Not gonna be a not gonna be pretty, but low scoring, kind of a drag out fight with that crowd. I'd lean towards the shock. Next up, we've got two Sunbelt battles. It's actually a rather big Sunbelt day. Uh, and I have some personal vested interest in this first game from a futures perspective. Matt Southern Miss at Troy. Right now, the Golden Eagles tied atop the league. I have a 
knock on wood, Southern Miss 200 to one to win this league. So I am heavy rooting Oof. for Southern Miss, uh, but they're a one point dog at Troy and Scott Cross is a masterful coach. What do you got on this one? Yeah, Troy is starting to, I think the talent is starting to catch up to him, right? Like I think Cross can smoke and mirror his way. He smoked and mirrored his way to a four and one record. They flew up to 123rd in Kempom, which is absolutely bananas for that program. Um, lost four of the last five. Only when was that blowout went against UL Monroe, which is a pretty good spot. Uh, got beat by 15 against Louisiana last game. Uh, we're not competitive against South Alabama. Again, two teams categorically more talented. Southern Miss, I think, qualifies, right? They're not like this super monster talent land team, but they're pretty much a, a concoction of down transfers. And I think Jay Ladner's a really good coach. This should be an ugly-ish game. So I like the uh, whoever wins the uglier, muckier battle will come out on top here. But um, tough one to read here, Kai. I like both these teams, but I agree with you. Troy's falling off a bit lately. One and four straight up and against the spread last five games. Certainly better at home. Southern Miss has bounced back nicely from that Marshall beatdown. Unfortunately, that's the last time I bet on Southern Miss, so it still kind of wounded me. They're four and one against the spread, five and oh straight up. Now tied with Louisiana because of that run. They won and controlled game one, and they only went two for 16 from three in that game. So poor shooting and still dominated Troy. That's a lot. I think the talent is too much for, for, for Troy here. Southern Miss is a big glass edge, a lot of size edge, a lot of talent edge. I lean towards Southern Miss, Jim, but I do respect Troy. I respect the number, respect Troy. Yeah, you swiped that one and four last five against the spread. I had Got that, had that yes. as well. Good for you. Uh, I also have the under is five, one and one in the last seven games for Troy. The offense has really been what's been failing them. Southern Miss is actually a pretty good defensive squad. So uh, if Troy can't get that sorted on that end, they might be in a little bit of trouble. I do think Southern Miss is just better. Neftali Alvarez hasn't been that good since he returned. Hasn't had an O rating over 100 yet in his four games back. Maybe that's just his his rust, but uh, we'll see if they're still able to incorporate him. Uh, did not end up betting this game, sitting this one out. Last one on the outline here, Marshall, Appalachian State. Kai, you just alluded to Marshall and their beatdown of Southern Miss a couple of weeks ago. Now they take on an App State team that's actually been trending up. They have covered four of the last five. I hope I stole that from you. Ah, maybe. Uh, you did. No, you didn't. I didn't. I didn't write that down. Okay. Uh, But yeah, App State playing really well. A coach we really respect in Dustin Kearns. Are they able to hang around? This is only Marshall minus three. So a pretty, pretty short spread. The Thundering Herd get a big win on the road. Yeah. uh, Marshall's a weird team, man. Uh, Hard team to figure out. Overtime with Arkansas State, double overtime with Louisiana Monroe. And then they beat Georgia State by 40. It's like, (laughs) how do you figure that team out, man? How do you handicap that team? They have a top gear. That's unmatched in the Sun Belt, but they can also clearly play down competition. I'm not saying App State is down competition because they're consistent. Jim's right. We love Kearns. They fight in every game. They rarely get blown out. In fact, they've only lost twice this year by double digits. Santa Barbara and Marshall. The Herd beat them by 26 in game one. App State could not score, and they went 11 for 23 from the free throw line. It was a terrible, terrible game for them. I expect a much better fight here from App State, but Marshall just, just doubles them over in talent. And, and potential and top gear. I have to lean their way on a short number. Yeah. And size and length too, right? I mean, App State's more Everything. of a, uh, yeah, like just a, you know, perimeter oriented switchable type team, but, but Marshall just comes at you with monsters. Um, and just with that defense they play, I do think that gives App State some issues because uh, Kearns runs good stuff, but, but the defense uh, that, that D'Antoni plays with their zone and their length can kind of throw them out of that. I kind of agree. I think everything sets up here for Marshall. 
Um, I know they've won. Th- I know. I'm sorry. App State's won three in a row, but I'd like the herd here. I've, in general, the Sun Belt teams that look dominant in non-conference that have kind of struggled to start conference play. I'm kind of looking to maybe back them from here going forward, like your Marshalls, your James Madisons. Um, just a weird angle I have as in my like little notepad here, Jim. We'll see how it pans out. Jim is frozen, or I'm oh, frozen. No, no we have I'm lost with you. Him. He's frozen. He's actually or be, he's actually just holding a still pose right now. In what a if very he is? Impressive like a statue. It's incredible. Let's give him five minutes. No, it's not. Uh, he I'll take the internet died. Matt, you go chat mob. Let's do it. We'll go right to chat mob, Kai, and a lot of you, obviously. Um, unless you, you want to phone in, you take them. You take every other. I'll one. take a few. Maybe okay. we can phone get dig into Fogan, uh, Pat or Scott here to join us here. Oh, I'll go right speak- to Scott's first question. There's okay. a, ch- a thing from Scott. No injury reports. Yeah, I wish college basketball had injury reports, man. Holy cow. How much easier would betting be? It'd be fantastic. Uh, be great. Unfortunately, there's no injury reports, especially for the Sun Belt. Who knows? No one knows. Teams Injuries are poorly covered. Don't matter. Pay is terrible for beat writers. That whole sort of yeah, thing. Hey, Jim's is. back. Jimbo is back. back. Now he froze again. All right, Matt, you go chat. Uh, Hi, three Pac-12 questions kick us off. Scott asking about Stanford at Utah. Some money coming in on the Cardinal on the road at altitude. I acknowledge that I may have overreacted to my Stanford hate. This team is talented, and yes, they could be undervalued. They're still not good. They're no. not good, but they might be undervalued at this point. Yes? No. They're okay. still a bad team. No. They've okay. always had talent. That's not their problem. Their coaching's really bad, and it, it – permeates throughout everything they do on the floor. So yeah, offensively, I Utah there's no sink. I yep. agree. Uh, Graham asking about Cal catching 16 at Colorado, the other elevation trip here. Um, I kind of like the Bears. I'm not going to bet it, obviously, but I did lean that way. It feels like it could be an ugly game where the dog has a little bit of an edge. Wasn't this the game where Cal shot like, made like 18 threes against yeah, Colorado? Yeah, smoked him home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So revenge, possibly. Yeah, not not a good situation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tend to think it goes the other way, but Colorado shouldn't be laying that many points to anybody, probably. So Yeah, maybe an Auburn-Georgia repeat of last night, which burned me. Uh, in the last Pac-12, another double-digit dog, Oregon State at Arizona State, 12 points for, mm. can I say my Beavers? They are my Beavers. You can say your Beavers. Again, sure. I like Oregon State to to an extent. They just don't have talent, and I don't like backing them. I worry there could be a freshman wall that's going to be uh, that they'll be smacking into here soon, if they, if they already haven't. Yeah, uh, no take on that game. Oregon State played them close, I think up in uh, Corvallis, but no take here. Jim? Uh, our Paris is asking about Jim. Is he back? I think I see movement. He's shaking his head. So. He's not trusting it. He's not trusting it yet. So. Uh, Jim, I'll give you a softball. I'll get you back into the uh, into the groove here. An auto over, question mark, on San Diego. I would say yes. They are playing Portland, who okay. doesn't defend anybody. Um, 161. Big number. I think it's too low. Over. Yeah, hard to take it under with the San Diego game. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend recommend that. Pretty close to auto overs. They just don't card anybody. <clears throat> Jim, right back to you for a fun rivalry in the Jacksonville proper. Kind of far away from me, um, but in my current state of residence, Jacksonville hosting North Florida. Some money coming in on the road, Osprey. So the birds of Trey stay inside the number. The River City Rumble. I lean towards Jacksonville uh, myself against the number. So maybe I'll wait and see how low it goes. Uh, but also like the under. I think Jacksonville kind of frustrates, slows down this game, and won't attack the zone repeatedly the way most teams do against North Florida. I'm sorry. I have to ask you about Detroit Mercy, a team that's uh, been frustrating boy. for all of yeah. us, especially for you. I understand. I know. But I am looking to maybe back them here no. again. The white hot Cleveland State Vikings, 
who, by the way, have realized that they have Tristan and Aruna, who is like a top 50 recruit at Kansas, and he's finally playing like it. It's kind of why they've been awesome. I still like the Titans here. I think they're back home after like a five-game road trip. Good spot for them. I'm done with Detroit, Matt. I'm done. Since Jaden Stone, uh, I guess, is ineligible. That's what the whole thing is. Since he's been out, they just haven't been very good. Offensively, they're great. And you're going to get stats from Antoine Davis. And you might even get Detroit winning for most of the game. But defensively, they're brutal. Just brutal. Cleveland State's been awesome lately. I'm not stepping in front of them. And I'm not back in Detroit again. No, thanks. Yeah, plus one. Cleveland State money can understand it, given how well they've played and how uh, disjointed the roster has been all season for the Titans. Um, just going through the chat here, Daniel's son, ah, friend of mine from the Bet US program, SIUE minus four and a half on the road, Kai. Are they starting to come back down to earth? Um, oh, hosting yeah. Tennessee Martin today. They've Martin like has taken straight. money. Yeah. So yeah, I liked Martin as well. Not four and a half, too low, but I lean towards Martin. This SIUE team is kind of broken right now. I uh, tend to agree here. A few others. Uh, let's see here. I think I may have missed a couple. I'm sure I missed many, actually. Um, hmm. That's, okay. That's all I have. Just move on. Right now. Hey, chat, you have two seconds to pepper in, pepper in some, uh, some questions here. Otherwise, <laughs> we're going to write to best bets and I guess just, uh, just lollygag here. Delaware minus nine from Gray at the Horn. I have no yeah, take on I Delaware. Like Monmouth. Ugh. Monmouth's just bad. Just better. kind of a... they've been playing better. Monmouth has definitely been cover machines, better. man. Uh yeah. Speaking of bad teams covering spreads, how about the Uwe Pui Jaguars? Another yeah. cover three points with the elementary school kids screaming at the top of their lungs to to fuel them to a nice um, little cover there. I'm bringing Props up this. Them. Yeah, Monmouth is three and one against the spread last four games. And uh IUPUI has covered a ton of games in the last several games. Yeah. I can't even count, man. It's like 12 of 14 at this point. IUPUI is 11 of 13. Yep. Jeepers. Creepers. Unbelievable. Jim, I'll give you one more here at the buzzer. Utah Valley laying five on the road at Utah Tech. I had a really strong Utah Valley lane in the first one at Utah Tech. And, and Tech competed, surprisingly. At they Valley. are healthier now. At Valley, excuse me. Now it's at Tech. I still like Valley. Am I stubborn? Or do you respect, uh, or are you going to ride with me with my Wolverines? I'm going to sit on my hands, Matt. The whack is wacky, and I have not done well betting it. So I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I'll need it. Kai, our guy Eve just chimed in here. Um, Got to acknowledge his question. UNC Wilmington lane seven against UN's, uh, sorry, NCANT. Big money in this game coming in here on NCANT. Now it's eight and a half. Okay, so actually a little bit of buyback there. I'm willing to draw for a while. That's my only angle with this game. Um, Maybe people are betting against the Rusty team. I don't know. Anything here for you? I got nothing. I have a hard time believing people have sophisticated angles that's moving lines in Wilmington A&T. I would agree with that for sure. And of course, we talk about my bows, Lesman, Hawaii, UC Davis, Jimbo. This was another RAS under i like the bows they also took money on the side anything for you no i'm deferring to you you're the bows man come on i, I, I like I, the bows I never dare i like the bows that's my take. Bose take good good no i like the bows here i think they handle uc davis's pressure um coleman and mcclanahan while they're not like elite shot makers i think they're sound and solid get the ball inside i think the length and physicality wins out uh I, despite I, Sorry, I think I think the line has gone this way already, but Enigwe missed last game for UC Davis. He's pretty important. He must pretty be important again if they're if okay. it's going to two. Yeah. Uh it's time for best bets. And who's gonna start us off here? I guess you I will. You, people have been uh people know what my best bets are. They can pretty much read through my my stubbornness and my favoritism for my favorite teams. And yes, I'm backing one of them. That's Oakland minus two and a half. The Grizz, Greg Campy. 
tough loss to Robert Morris last Sunday on the road. It was a tough spot, though. Had a really solid effort at home against Youngstown, a game they covered fairly easily. They looked really good the games before that. It's um, it can't be loves this team, man. Like I just, I'm really just buying into his enthusiasm and his conviction about their defense being better. I think against Purdue Fort Wayne, a team that thrives on dribble penetration and kickouts for threes, that the zone can sort of thwart that to a degree. Uh, Fort Wayne struggled really badly with Northern Kentucky zone. I think they're just much better as a man-to-man offense. So, taking Oakland here at home, laying the short uh, two in the hook. Hi. I think you got two, didn't you? You said I two. two. Hook. I, you have two. I think it's two and a half. I would prefer to. I'll take two. Thank you. All right. Take it, baby. Take it. I got James Madison. Uh, minus one and a half on the road at Old Dominion. Pretty big rivalry here. Line feels a bit short to me, though. Uh, ben Stanley, Tyreek Scott, Scott Grayson, both questionable for Old Dominion. Stanley was supposed to be out a time frame that would put him back maybe today, maybe this weekend. So TBD on him. Scott Grayson, not sure. He, might, he probably plays. ODU fouls a ton. JMU gets to the line better than any team in the conference. That's an advantage. JMU also forces turnovers against Old Dominion's shaky backcourt. And also, I'm looking for a little regression here. JMU's conference three-point percentage, 28.9%. That has to improve. On the season, they're 34%. So stark dip heading into Sunbelt. They're more talented. Give me JMU minus one and a half. I love that bet. Sorry, Kai. I just think it's probably loser now. I just want to say I think it's a great bet. Jim, to you. Thanks, Matt. I like it too. Uh, maybe <laughs> jinx mine, Matt. That'll be fun. Just jinx them all. Jim's bet stinks. Do not bet now. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, I got two unders. First is Tennessee Tech, Moorhead State, under 135 and a half. This is the two slowest teams in the Ohio Valley. First meeting had 63 possessions. Would have been an easy under, but Tennessee Tech made 59% of their threes, 13 from 22 from downtown. I do not believe that will happen again. I think we see another slow crawl. It's predicted to be that way, but uh, I just think the way this sets up between these two, the shot making won't be as severe. And with Moorhead's interior defense plus tempo, I'll take the under there. And then also North Alabama Stetson. Kai, we talked a little bit about Stetson overs this year and how uh, despite them being slow, they've been a heavy over team because they make threes and people can score inside against them. However, I'm going to go with the under here under 146. I don't think the three-point shooting in North Alabama games can stay above 40% on both sides of the ball, as it has been for almost all of league play. Uh, definitely going to be a slow game. First game went to overtime, so hey, let's avoid that. Uh, but the one sneaky factor here is Luke Brown, who's been like the ridiculous shot maker for Stetson, playing a lot less lately. 12 minutes, 16 minutes, last two games. there has really hurt their offense. They've scored less. What, Matt? Can't guard. Yes, agree. So less minutes for him is doubly helpful to the under. Yeah. Take out a 50% three point shooter and a guy that can't play defense. Hopefully will help the under there. That's it. That's my best bets. Glad I got back to pitch those to the people. Internet hiccup today. Man, this building's been flawless internet wise until today. So it has been pretty good. We'll allow it one hiccup. Uh, I can see defeat there. Technology stuff. Uh, lively day in the chat. Thank you everybody for tuning in, for being yes. active. We enjoy it. We love the two-way interaction, even if there's some little chirping back and forth. It's all in good fun. This has been the Best Bets show on the field of 68. Thank you to Bet Rivers for sponsoring us. Thank you to Dagan behind the scenes, our faithful Seton Hall you, producer. We will see you all again on Saturday, 10, 15 a.m. Central. We're off tomorrow on Friday. Good luck tonight. Good luck Friday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.